Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Bible in the News. This is Tim Billington joining you. We'd like to talk about a slightly different topic this week, and that is the population crisis. Now, most of us are grown up in a world where if you talk about population crisis, you're immediately thinking about a population explosion, that there's too many people. In actual fact, the opposite thing is happening in today's world, and rather, the population is collapsing on the vast majority of the globe. Everywhere, in fact, except for Sub-Saharan Africa and Israel. Japan is a particular case in point. Japan has one of the world's lowest birth rates. And as a result of this, their population is actually now falling. Japan's population dropped by around 800,000 and is affecting virtually every aspect of society. This crisis is starting to get greater attention around the world, and we can see here this graphic from The Economist, and the headline is, Global Fertility Has Collapsed with Profound Economic Consequences. Basically, what is going on is, for a population to naturally replace, each woman has to have an average of just over two children each. But much of the world today is below that level, and what happens is it starts to accelerate down. So if you have um, all the women of childbearing age have half as many children or um, three quarters or whatever the number is of the required amount to replace themselves, then when they grow up and become childbearing age and have also less children is required to for replacement, each generation exponentially gets smaller. Over time, this will create collapse of the population. What this Economist article is pointing out is the economic reproductions of this, that you end up with um, the younger generation as they get older and become the workforce, there's not enough of them to actually support the old people, which is now happening in Japan. It's giving them great economic trouble and they have massive debt and um, it's a real problem. The thing is with it that's sneaky is when a society drops below that replacement level fairly quickly, um, it's not immediately seen because um, maybe except for the neonatal unit a little bit later, childcare um, facilities will notice uh, a drop in clientele. But as this retires and there becomes too few workers in the workforce paying taxes and providing for all the old people that didn't have any children. Now, as Bible students, we're well aware of the promises to Abraham and the things that God has said in the Bible. Let's remind ourselves of a few. Um, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 16, God speaking to Abraham says, And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So the, the offspring of Abraham was to be numerous and was to become as the sand of the seashore for multitudes. So there would be very many. They would have a lot of, of offspring. And again in chapter 26 and verse 4, it says, And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, that is, all the land that was then Canaan, where Israel is today and, and, and beyond. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So God had a great purpose with Israel, with the seed of Abraham, and the effect of God's purpose with those people 
would reverberate around the world that in all nations um, that blessing would be seen and all, all nations would be blessed in Israel in Abraham's seed. Now we've seen an example in the past in the Bible of God using demographics, we could say, of using birth rates to bring his will to pass, to actually bring these promises to pass in um, in times past. That God has uh, been faithful to Abraham's seed, he was faithful to Abraham and has done things throughout history in relation to those promises that he made to Abraham. This is Exodus chapter 1, verses 7 to 9, talking about Israel as they were in Egypt. As you know, Israel, when they came into Egypt, was only 70 people. So you had 70 people going into a society, and um, over time, they became more and more populous, to the point that here in Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. So, over time they become greater than the nation that they came into. So the 70 people actually expanded over a few generations to the point that there was more of them than there was of the Egyptians. And God made promises in um, through his prophets here in Jeremiah chapter 31 that he would do a future thing, a, a similar thing in the future, rather. So Jeremiah chapter 31, starting at verse 27, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah, with the seed of man and with the seed of beast, and it shall come to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw down and to destroy and to afflict, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, saith the Lord. So um, he's saying, I will, I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. So he's going to multiply them. He's going to um, sow them like seed that is going to flourish and, and multiply and fill the land. I'm just going to play you a few videos that illustrate from where predictions were in the past to what we're seeing now. And I will just say that all the predictions that there has been for future populations since this started to collapse have all underestimated how quickly the uh, population would decrease. If the present trends continue, our cities are going to be choked with people, and they will be impossible places in which to live, and the explosions will be even worse. If we do not, by humane means, limit our numbers, then numbers are going to be limited by more famines and shortages. The disaster will take the form of famine, plague, or war. They're mankind's old uh, companions, fundamentally. You just got to remember this. There's no way out of the arithmetic. There will never be 7 billion people in the year 2000. And now a milestone for all of us on this planet today. The United Nations declared that today the world's population reached 7 billion people. There are not enough Italians. Demographers warn that the shrinking population could drag the country into an unprecedented economic crisis. Dire predictions of an overpopulated planet have been with us for centuries. What if they're just plain wrong? Alert! The number of babies born in America last year falling to a 32-year low. But there's already a population crisis hitting major economies across the globe. Look at these numbers. How do you explain this decline? You know, you've got cases like Japan where adult diapers outsell baby diapers. The world's falling birth rate isn't on the list of major threats to life as we know it, but it soon will be. 
Taxes are destined to soar, pension systems will become unsustainable, while our healthcare systems won't be able to cope with the ratio of all people to take care of compared to the shrinking number of taxpayers. Businesses will struggle to find workers to hire, school closures will accelerate, while social care will continually be slashed. And they say it's an economic time bomb. I'm worried about the birth rate. Most people think we, we have like too many people on the planet, but actually this is an outdated view. I think that the biggest problem the world will face in 20 years is population collapse. Collapse. I, I want to emphasize this. The biggest issue in 20 years will be population collapse. You enter a downward spiral. As you have fewer and fewer children, you have fewer and fewer future mothers, which in turn goes on and on and on. And no society in history has been known to come out of that spiral. The speed of population decreasing is going to speed up. Yes. And you call it collapse. I, Ex- I accelerating collapse. Accelerating. And then a common rebuttal is like, well, what about immigration? Like, from where? Look at Italy, for example. In 2019, there were around 1 million people aged 50 who will be retiring in around 20 years' time. Then, if we look at the number of newborns who, in around 20 years' time, will be entering the workforce to support these retirees, there are less than half. Any large gap between the number of newborns and the number of people they will have to support into retirement is significant socially and economically. Given that these gaps are being caused by long-term low birth rates, I decided to call any shortfall in workers birth gaps. I wanted to show these birth gaps on a series of regional maps. First, I colored any regions that did have more babies than 50-year-olds green. But in regions where there were too few children being born, I used increasingly dark shades of red, with the darkest red meaning there are less than half the number of babies being born compared to the older people they would need to support. And at the center of any region with a birth gap, I put a gaping black hole proportional to the drop in the number of children. Oh, wow. It's a big gap. That's kind of scary. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Oh. Gosh. That is major, isn't it? It's like a shock. It's for me, it's like a joke. What are we making with our future? We are, we are crazy. Larger countries in Europe. Some regions of Spain had 50% birth gaps, while parts of Germany and Italy had 60% birth gaps, meaning for every baby being born there, there will be more than two 50-year-olds to support into retirement. Exactly the same. And all of these nations, just like Japan and Italy in the 1970s, have transitioned to become childless nations. Nations where one-third or more of people will be childless for life. What is fascinating is how these rapid transformations align with major turmoil. For America and many countries around the world, it was the 2007 financial crisis. Before the crisis, the average mother in the US was having 2.5 children and only one in seven people were childless. Yet just like other financial crises around the world, within a few short years, childlessness would rocket to reach one in three people. And yet during the same time, the average number of children per mother in the US increased from 2.5 to 2.6. 
the 2007 financial meltdown was a global crisis. And just like the US, the transition to childlessness happened in Canada, Malaysia, Netherlands, Costa Rica, Ireland and beyond. With so many examples of crises around the world triggering high levels of childlessness, and with no example of any society ever recovering, this feels like a trap. The place that bucks the trend more than any is Israel. I found this um, place, the Taab Center, um, and they, they, they look at various things in Israeli society. And this article from a few years ago talks about Israel's exceptional fertility and points out how that Israel bucks the trend in virtually every way. There's a short video I'm going to play for you that they're pointing this out in a video, which I, I think is um, a more engaging way to display this to you. I apologize that it's in Hebrew, but there's English uh, on the screen, so hopefully you can follow along. ידוע שהאישה הישראלית יולדת בממוצע שלושה ילדים ומעלה, הרבה מעל הממוצע במדינות המפותחות. אך אם מתעמקים בנתונים, נתקלה תמונה מפתיעה. נהוג לקשור את הילודה הגבוהה למגזרים מסוימים. אישה חרדית יולדת שבעה ילדים בממוצע, אך בקרב הערביות הפריון הצטמצם, וכיום הוא עומד על קצת יותר משלושה ילדים. דווקא בקרב יהודיות חילוניות ומסורתיות נרשמה עלייה של 0.3 ילדים מאמצע שנות ה-90. בעולם מקובל שעם העלייה בגיל הלידה הראשונה יורד מספר הלידות. לא אצלנו. בקרב היהודיות הלא חרדיות, אף שגיל הלידה הראשונה עלה בשלוש שנים כמעט, עלה גם מספר הלידות הממוצע לאישה. בעולם גם מקובל ששיעור התעסוקה הגבוה של נשים פוגע בילודה, לא בישראל. אצלנו שיעורי התעסוקה של נשים ושיעורי הילודה עולים במקביל. ומה עם השכלה? בישראל מספר ילדים של אישה בת 40 בעלת תואר אקדמי זהה לזה של בנות גילן בעלות השכלה תיכונית. בעוד ברוב המדינות המפותחות נשים משכילות יולדות פחות. אז אולי זה הציווי היהודי לפרובו? גם לא. כשמשווים את שיעורי הפריון של יהודיות בישראל לאלה של יהודיות במדינות אחרות, מגלים שדתיות כאן יולדות יותר מדתיות שם, וחילוניות כאן יולדות יותר מחילוניות שם, וכן הלאה. למי אנחנו כן דומים? מסתבר שלשכנות שלנו. אבל רק לעת עתה, כי אצלן הילודה במגימת ירידה, ואצלנו רק ממשיכה לעלות. So Israel bucks the trend. And in Israel, for a long time, people have been talking about the demographic threat of the Arabs. But now they're realizing this isn't true. And um, the Jewish birth rate is actually higher than the Arab birth rate. <clears throat> so now for the first time in Israel's history, overall Jewish fertility, Jewish birth rate is higher than that of the Arabs. I'm going to play a short video of somebody on the ground in Israel who, he's a, a tour guide who posts things to YouTube and he's giving a bit of a, an on-the-ground perspective. Israeli society is obsessed with children. In this video, I'm going to be showing you an Israeli city where the average, average number of children per woman is 7.2 children. I will then touch on the political, historical and religious aspects behind this high number. The data is very clear. Israel is the country with the highest number of children per woman among the OECD countries, and it is way out in front. 
In Israel, the average is 3.1 children per woman, and the average in the OECD countries is 1.6. There is a social pressure felt especially by women to marry and have children. Israel is also a fertility empire. Men and women who experience problems having children will go a long way to make it happen. Israel, by the way, is the only country in the world that subsidizes fertility treatments for women over 45. There are many different ways of telling this very sensitive, interesting, and political story. Let's start with the one Israelis like to hear. There is a popular saying in Hebrew, Yeladim Zesimcha, children are joy. In Israel, family members enjoy much closer tie with each other than they do in most Western countries. You talk more often to your family and you see them a lot more. Some will see their families every Friday evening. So as this is the Bible and the news, I would like to emphasize that um, this is prophesied in the Bible. Maybe not explicitly that population across the rest of the world would collapse, but definitely that Israel would be exceptional in this regard. Here's Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 37. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feasts. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So this is going to be remarkable enough that um, it would be an evidence that God is their God. Um, here's Isaiah chapter 65, starting at verse 18. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and join my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. And they shall not build and another inhabit, and they shall not plant and another eat. For the, as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. This has been Tim Billington with you for the Bible and the News. Please join us again for more next week, God willing.